I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, let's do this. Corey Joseph, intro us in. Hey, this is Corey Joseph and you listen to the Mobile Syrup Podcast. Welcome to Syrupcast, episode number 59 of the Mobile Syrup Syrupcast. To my right, there is Igor Bonifacic, the man from Mars. I think you said it right. I think you did, yeah. yeah. yeah that was my first, my first time. Across from me is Patrick O'Reilly, who is going to Mars, to Barcelona. Yep, to, I'll be there. To go to Mobile World Congress. How's everyone doing? Good, yourself? Living the dream. Good, tired, but, but good. How come you're so tired? Because I'm planning for Mobile World Congress, trying to set up meetings, trying to get things going for it. And what are you excited for? Uh, mainly, I'm looking forward to the G5. I oh, know most, so of, most of the press has been centered around the S7, but mm-hmm. Igor and I were talking before the podcast that the G5 looks probably the most interesting. Yeah, I mean, just that, uh, you know, you published a story this morning about the modular battery pack and the removable bottom, and that, to me... It's just so different, and that's, I think, what uh, LG needed to do going into the G5. Obviously, the G4 was a well-received phone, but people just didn't gravitate to it for whatever reason. Yeah, I think the modular... Well, we don't know for sure that it's going to be there, right? Like, we've seen the box, we've seen a few other things. Um, I think it makes it stand out from the other phones that are going to be shown off. Igor's having a heart attack here. He's coughing up a storm on the, on, on the Syracast. He has to leave the podcast room. Perfect timing. Um, out the door. So the G5, it, it, it would be interesting if it comes with uh, ports you can change. Or yeah. Like that. So the idea right now, well, not really an idea, but what the leaks indicate is that the bottom of the phone is actually going to open up. Like there'll be a thing that slides off and you'll be able to plug in accessories. So um, one of the ones that's sort of been speculated about and discussed is a camera adapter that turns it into like a standard point-and-shoot camera. Um, whether or not that actually exists like remains to be seen. So why would somebody need a camera adapter to the already probably great camera that exists in it? Well, it, it's not really about making the camera better, it's about making it easier to take photos. So it'll have like a switch, uh, a button on the top of it that allows you to use it the exact same way that you would use a point-and-shoot camera. Because sometimes it's hard to press that uh, uh, on the touch screen, the like actual right. the button. And there right. might be like zoom options and stuff like that too. Um, the other one that I saw earlier, I guess it was yesterday, it leaked, was that there might be uh, an additional battery pack that expands the G5's battery uh, capacity. I don't know by how much, um, but it, it gives it sort of that bump on the back, which was the same as that Apple case that came out a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder how much weight that would add to it. Yeah, it'd probably make it really heavy. Awkward to hold, too, as well as to put in your pocket. Right, Yeah. right. Uh, what about the overall design of the G5? Thoughts on that compared to the G4 or G3? 
I'm one of those people who liked the back buttons. I thought it was really unique. Um, but I can see why LG decided to ditch it with this iteration of its uh, flagship phone, just because for whatever reason, people, you know, either had issues with it or they found it difficult to control. And sometimes, you know, they would hit the uh, on off button or the volume rocker instead of the uh, power button. Um, I think the most interesting thing with the, the design choice with this one though is that it has two lenses. Um, from the images we've seen, one looks to be a wide angle lens, whereas one's more kind of a 35 millimeter equivalent. Um, and I honestly don't know why more um, uh, uh, smartphone manufacturers haven't really decided to do this with their phones. I think it's like, as someone who loves my mirrorless camera, one of the things I love about it is that you can change your lens and you have so much flexibility like that. And this seems like an easy way to make smartphone cameras as great as they've become in recent years, just even more flexible and indisposable. So I know you're really into photography. So can you tell us what those two lenses will do for like the average person that takes pictures with, with the G5? For the average person? So I think, you know, Extra wide selfies, you'll be able to include all your friends. <laughs> That's my dream, extra wide selfies. So, uh, what about food pictures, Igor? Um, so generally, um, I'm not a food photographer by any stretch of the imagination, but um, generally, um, you want a kind of a narrower lens, I believe. Um, so, but you know, that's exactly what the G5 offers from the looks of it. It has this narrower lens that lets you kind of focus in on the subject um, so that you're not, you take a picture of the food and not so much the plate and everything around it. Um, obviously we have to see, you know, like what the optics are like and what the sensor is like, but um, last year's G4 was great at taking photos. Um, I imagine this year's one will be pretty good as well. Um, but obviously we have to actually like see, get our hands on with the phone. Uh, before we can kind of render any kind of judgment. What do, you, what do you think people will, how people will respond to it? Like for people who are following the leaks and the design, but for everyday people who would just walk into like a Rogers Bell or Telus, they would see said phone. Do you think that they would go to an LG phone, depending upon the specs and design, or head on over to uh, Samsung Gal Galaxy phone. Well, for a lot of people, Android is Samsung, right? Yeah, like they right. don't know that other manufacturers even exist. So, to them, when they're getting a new phone, the choice is: I'm either going to go buy an iPhone or I'm going to buy a Samsung Android phone. Maybe this modular thing um, will sort of uh, help LG, I guess, promote the the G5 brand, the G brand. Um, but uh, I I honestly don't know. We'll have to get our hands on it first. I wonder if they, they went the same route with the leather backing last year. Remember, that was really unique. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. And it was just a different way to kind of set them up as a premium device compared to set plastic or glass backing devices. Mm -hmm. um, maybe with this accessory stuff, they'll maybe bundle it all in together. And that could be a selling feature as well. It depends on, too, if like third-party manufacturers start making different modular things. Like, yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a ton of different possibilities for things that they could do with that port. Yeah, I think, you know, it really depends on how much LG, what kind of partnerships it builds with, uh, you know, third-party manufacturers. If it can really kind of create a vibrant ecosystem for this uh, modular 
um, bottom, then you know the sky's the limit in some sense. Yeah. Apparently, uh, yesterday as well. Uh, apart from the great camera and unique design, it'll have B and O installed for audio. So it'll have really great audio as well. So it seems that they have great audio, potentially a good design, and a great camera. Do you you think that's enough? Or is that too much for people to handle? Or what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. It's It's so tough for these Android OEMs, right, that aren't called Samsung. And even Samsung is having issues um, really just creating growth uh, in its smartphone segment. So we'll see. I, as I said to me, if I didn't have a Nexus 5X, which I adore, maybe this would be my next Android phone. Just this one seems so much more interesting than the S7. But I think for most people, you know, they just, they love, if they're with Android or if they love the Android ecosystem, they're tied into Samsung for whatever reason. Are you telling me that a llama unboxing <laughs> the S7 isn't exciting? Like that didn't make you want to go out and buy one? Um, I do love llamas, uh, especially since, you know, SimCity 2000. But uh, no, I think, you know, you got to judge a phone on its own merits and not what unboxes it. I think they're actually releasing a video, right, of that llama unboxing the phone for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's going to happen at some point. I think the llama would tear it to shreds. Mm-hmm. Well, they showed like a little clip of it, right? In that trailer, and the llama was just like destroying it. It had the whole <laughs> thing in its mouth. It was kind of awesome. I liked it. I thought it was a... I know it's a silly marketing thing, but I thought it was a cool way or an inventive way to try to make people care about the phone. Mm-hmm. Well, let's... I mean, let's talk about the S7 specifically. I'm... You know, I've said a bit of my piece about it, but that doesn't change the fact that from all intents and purposes, I think this is going to be a really compelling phone for a lot of people. Uh, so do you want to maybe talk a bit, Patrick, a bit some of the things that we're forecasting to come back with the S7? Yeah, sure. Uh, one of the big things is the micro SD slot. Yeah. Um, I've never really understood why people are so fixated on having that on their phone. I think a lot of people want it and then mm-hmm. don't use it. The amount of people that actually do take advantage of the micro SD slot in phones that have them, I think, is probably really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it, it's great to have that feature there, right? So. If you want to put a ton of music on your phone, which people really do now with Spotify and Apple Music and stuff like yeah. that around, um, you'll, you'll be able to do that. You can store a ton of pictures on it. Um, and the other big thing that I've been hearing uh, a ton of rumors about is that it's going to be waterproof, mm-hmm. which will make it one of the few remaining smartphones that's actually waterproof certified. That's, that's like not confirmed yet, yeah. um, but there's a ton of rumors out there uh, indicating mm-hmm. that it will be uh, waterproof. So the interesting thing to point out with respect to both those rumors is that we actually haven't seen any um, photographic evidence that suggests there's uh, a micro SD slot or any kind of caps that really make um, the phone live up to what is it's supposed to be IP67, I believe, uh, certified. But the interesting thing I've read is that uh, Samsung's probably maybe redesigned the SIM tray to uh, accommodate both the SIM card and an SD or a micro SD card, um, which is uh, yeah, there has been one picture that shows the SIM tray with a with a potential SD so that could, slot. Yeah that, yeah, that could be where the SD card is, right? And um, you know, the way I see this, that's such a small yet clever kind of engineering uh, feat for Samsung and all these other OEMs. So if you know they can accommodate a micro SD slot relatively easily with a change like that, so you might as well. 
Um, like you, like I understand where you're coming from. I assume um, the 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 S7 will ship with like 32 gigabytes standard or something. Um, so most people won't need it, but for everyone else, it's always nice to have. It's nice to have it, yeah, yeah, for sure. The the other thing that I think, um, like when that first picture of the S7 leaked, and we sort of had a conversation at the office mm-hmm. as to whether it was made of plastic, possibly just yeah. because that image was had a ton of glare on it, it was super glossy. Um, I think now with more leaked pictures, it, it looks like it might be a glass backing, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know. To me, that I, I know that it's probably made of Gorilla Glass three. I think that's the latest Gorilla Glass. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to crack very easily. Um, but I prefer phones that have like a, a solid metal uh, mm-hmm. or steel or aluminum, whatever unibody, rather than glass. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, I guess, in, you know, from what I've seen, it seems Samsung has kind of abandoned the uh, blue back uh, that was kind of very typical of a lot of the uh, S6 that you saw, you know, on transit and stuff for more kind of standard black. And I think that might be just the issue that you're having with it. Um, you know, black is, for whatever reason, is a bit more of a fingerprint magnet. Um, but to me, it's like really neither here or there. I imagine it's going to be a pretty sturdy phone. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. I actually really love the design of the Galaxy S6 compared to Galaxy S5. Mm-hmm. It, it, it shifted from this, what was once a premium device to like a uber premium device. Mm-hmm. So when those images came out, the first ones when they leaked, and the leaks have been crazy this time around. There's so many of them. Like it's yeah. so semi un Samsung. Because remember, and we wrote about this the other day, is that at one point with the Galaxy S3, uh, Samsung said that their engineers were living a double life. They couldn't talk to anybody about the design. Mm-hmm. And now it's become so prevalent and expected that these devices just leak, which somewhat um, uh, reduces the enthusiasm for what they're actually presenting. But that's just in our little tech tech space. For the average mm-hmm. average person outside, they probably don't even follow as intensely as we do. Mm-hmm. But the overall design from the S6 to the S7, what's expected, um, I think the curved back, is, edges are curved more, the back seems to be curved more, which to me, if you're holding it in, in your hand, it'll have more of a, a natural feel because I felt the S6 had this edge to it, not the S's edge, but the, the edges of the device were actually felt edgy in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe they'll transition to a, a, a natural feel device. Yeah, from a design perspective, you know, I'm actually of the opinion that I prefer the S6 to what we've seen of the S7. Uh, I'm a weirdo in this sense, but I actually liked the, uh, the camera bump, if only because it kind of created some kind of visual interest and uh, point of difference on the device. Whereas obviously I know for a lot of people, for whatever reason, they just didn't want this phone because of the bump. Um, and obviously Samsung has addressed that issue. This time the camera is flush with the back. Yeah. Um, and you know, from everything we've heard about their new sensor technology, um, there's not gonna be any loss in quality despite the smaller size of the sensor package. Well, people said that, the same thing about the iPhone 6 and 6S with the camera in the back, right? Mm-hmm. How the bump was so out there, so on un- Apple. Yeah. But now you become so comfortable that you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a case on, you just really don't notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
which which I don't. Um, so that's the S S seven S seven Edge got a curve display. Apparently the screen will be bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, same same camera in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, curve display thoughts like it dislike it. Do people want it? I mean. I think it's kind of cool. You mean like with the Edge, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a cool feature. I don't know if Samsung's really found a way to make the concept of the Edge work. I know they there's a software update coming that makes that Edge look a little bigger mm-hmm. and you can fit more apps on it. I'm not totally sure how it all works. Um, but I, I just don't... It seems like, to me, almost like a, a gimmick to get people in the door to, to want to purchase the phone. I don't know if it's something that I'm personally interested in using. Yeah, you know what? I'm neither here nor there on it. Um, personally, if I was uh, deciding between these two phones, I would just buy the regular S, uh, S7. Uh, last year when the Edge came out, it was more expensive than the regular uh, S6. Um, what was the price difference? Like $100? Yeah, it's $100. Yeah. Which is, especially now, what people are saying, well, I can't. I'm just going to go... Keep my S S six. Yeah. Rather than spend like seven fifty, eight hundred fifty bucks. Well that that's the thing too, right? Like to me when I look at pictures of the S seven and then I look at pictures of the S six, they look very, very similar. Whereas if you look at the G four and the G five, yeah. what we know about them, it looks like a in in some ways like a totally different device, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering is if Samsung has done enough to get like the average Joe Schmo consumer person to want to upgrade their S6 if, right. they, if, right. if, if they're happy with it, right? Like, why would you upgrade to another phone that just has minor improvements? Right. Well, the, like the main issue right now is that if it's, going to be, it's going to come down to price, especially with the dollar the way it is. People are going to say, well, I'm not spending that much money. I'm mm-hmm. just going to retract to my older phone. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I think, you know, as uh, Daniel pointed out last time, uh, one of the most popular phones this past Christmas season was actually just the regular iPhone right. 6, right? right? Not the 6S. Um, yeah. It was $0, right? It was $99, I believe, right? Um, yeah, well, when, when we did that uh, experience with uh, Corey Joseph, mm-hmm. uh, that was the same weekend, and I think it was a, a long weekend of some sort. Mm-hmm. And the Best Buy guy behind the counter said, we can't keep people out of the store. They were actually lining up to purchase a $0 iPhone 6. Yeah. On contract, obviously. On contract, yeah. But I think that's probably the same issue that Samsung's going to come up against, right? Like, um, for most people, the features that it brings are not going to be compelling enough over the S6. Like, right. sure, if you don't care about a, a micro SD cards, then you're not going to pay that extra 100 to 200 to however much right. it's, it's going to be more expensive, right? So, um yeah, I mean, what was interesting about the S7 was, you know, prior to these most recent rumors coming out, there was a lot about some kind of, you know, like Samsung was thinking about adding a pressure-sensitive display, some kind of eye-tracking tech, and none of those features have really figured at all in the latest rumors. Um, so, obviously, it seems like they've decided what they have is good enough for the next year, just as Apple did last year. Um, and... It seems like the eventual essay is the one that's going to be drastically different. Wow, I think that's the first time we heard of the essay, Igor. Yeah, <laughs> you hear it here first. But one of the things that the edge, the evolution of, let's say, the S six or any previous device with a flat display and a curved display, and LG did this, 
It seems like LG and Samsung are racing towards a bendable and foldable display. Mm-hmm. So the projection that, according to some documents that they had last year, is that to late 2016, early 2017, mm-hmm. is when the bendable or foldable display will eventually come to market. Every CES, we see these like foldable things. Yeah. LG has like yeah. a new one, and it, it bends a little more than yeah, the yeah. year before. Yeah. And but 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 that's actually really exciting because then it's like the technology and design are all coming together. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's real evolution towards. Than just a slab phone with four corners. I want a phone that bends. I think that would be the most awesomest, dopest thing that I've seen in a totally. long time. Like, I want one that bends. But you know what they're not racing towards? Putting Android Marshmallow on their phones. <laughs> I think, so what might end up being a selling point, and we joke about this, sure, yeah. about the S7, is that it has Marshmallow before the S6, right? Well, the S6 is getting it in April. Yeah. In Canada. So, but still, right? Like, yeah. True. Well, it depends when the S7 launches, which is supposed to be in March. So, so a month before. But yeah, they Samsung, uh, you know, True. they completely dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's going to be an exciting uh, Mobile World Congress. Maybe, yeah. I think, definitely um, one of the more exciting ones in recent years, I would say. I will uh, hopefully survive. We'll, yeah. we'll see if that happens, yep. but hopefully I'll Please make it out. Good vibes to Patrick. Uh, <laughs> Patrick and Teddy will be holding down the fort over there, which is great. Yeah, and um, but you know, obviously there's these other companies that are going to be at Mobile World Congress as well. Uh, the Sony's, Huawei's, uh, Netflix's of the world. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Anything that kind of has stood out so far for you guys between what they are planning to announce? Huawei will announce a bunch of probably really good-looking phones that won't come to Canada. Yeah. Um, hopefully they will. We, we don't know what's going to happen, right? But odds are they probably won't. Um, Sony, uh, there hasn't surprisingly been any rumors about what mm-hmm. they're going to announce. Whether or not um, it's a new Xperia device, I guess it would be the Z6. Mm-hmm. Um, but we there's been no leaks, no rumors, nothing about it. Or Z5 Plus to follow their there you crazy, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their uh, interesting uh, naming uh, scheme. Um, I think the most interesting uh, thing will be uh, what HTC will come out with. Yeah. And their VR stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the Vive for sure. I have a hands-on thing with with the Vive. I'll be checking out a lot of the launch software. I think they have the launch lineup set mm-hmm. up, and that's what they're showing off at. Uh, NWC. Um, I'm also excited to see if LG is going to reveal their own VR headset. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be cool. Probably similar to the Gear VR. Um, but the two big ones are obviously the S7 and the, and, and the G5. Yeah, those will dominate. And Samsung's 360 camera too. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've had we've seen some leaks. I think we've done a couple stories about it. Yeah, well, Samsung's doing their their streaming their event in 360 as well. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you gonna borrow my Gear VR and watch watch the event with it on? <laughs> you on know Sunday? what? For whatever reason, I mean, uh, obviously, you and I we went to that HTC uh, Vive uh, demo, um, and 
I was completely blown away in that instance. But yet, you know, otherwise I haven't really been um, taken aback by VR. I, when it comes to playing games, for instance, I just like to look at my monitor. Um, being completely immersed in uh, a game world where you're, you can't separate uh, what's happening from reality doesn't seem that attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the software obviously just isn't there yet. Um, so, but you know, I'll probably change my tune in the next two, three years, depending on how long it takes for this technology to get out of just being a niche. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. Like a lot of the stuff that we've seen for the Vive, um, even the gear with like full-fledged games, they're nothing more than um, elaborate tech demos, right? Mm-hmm. Show people off what they're capable of. We haven't seen anything related to like the communication stuff that analysts keep talking about, that VR is the future of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like I always say this, but I think VR is like a slow burn, right? Like yeah. it's going to be a couple years before we see what's happening with it. Right. And most of us, you know, there are experiences like the Gear VR where if you have a Samsung a flagship Samsung phone, you can take advantage of its VR capabilities. Um, but most of us really just, you know, when we were looking at pre-ordering the Oculus, neither of us had the monster rig required to do anything with it, right? Um, so it's going to take a while for all of this, you know, these technologies to sync together to make it a really kind of feasible uh, proposal. Hardware has to catch up with 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 the devices. Yeah. is the big thing. Yeah. So changing gears a little bit, some stuff happened in security this week. Igor, I believe you have been following this more than Ian and I. Yeah. So um, obviously, um, if you've been following what happened in the United States, there was the awful San Bernardino shooting, um, where President Obama said it was uh, matter of factly uh, an act of terrorism. Um, this week, uh, we've had uh, Tim Cook, he published an open letter where he said, um, you know, he pointed out that the uh, a federal court had asked um, the uh, uh, Apple to provide uh, access to the iPhone 5C that the one of the terrorists used as their personal phones. Um, and he said, Apple will not, enge- will not comply with the order and will not engineer a backdoor to uh, its devices. Um, subsequently, we've seen everyone from Google to Twitter uh, to Facebook, even to uh, NGOs like Amnesty International, uh, put their uh, uh, or throw their support in with Apple and saying that they are not in favor of this. And Tim Cook, I think, you know, very eloquently said it. You know, there's this is a really this sets a very dangerous precedent where. You know, terrorists could gain access to the software, um, and we've seen governments un- acting very unscrupulously <laughs> with these kind of technologies uh, in the past. Um, you know, the NSA. Uh, we've I've read something where they only uh, scrape through ten percent of uh, internet traffic across the world. But when you do the math, that's all the. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. A lot of, but uh, that's, or it, it might be 1%, I could be misquoting it, but when you kind of do the math, what happens is that they're going through all the vital data that pretty much comes, you know, through the internet. So, um, okay, answer these questions for me. Sure, yeah. What, what does this mean mm-hmm. and why is it important? So, so 
this is really, I think, one of the kind of landmark uh, technological debates uh, of this year and several years going forward, right? This is these companies. What's likely going to happen is that this will be taken to a higher court in the United States, perhaps the Supreme Court, or you know, um, Congress will have to decide what its stance is on encryption, right? Whether companies like Apple, like Google, are required to provide backdoor uh, access to agencies like what the What does backdoor Apple. access mean? So it means um, if a device is encrypted, um, Apple will be required to provide some kind of key to the FBI or the NSA that will qu just quickly get through that encryption. Uh, the issue that the FBI has come up against with this particular iPhone 5C is that they've been unable to break the encryption that the terrorists have put on their iPhone and subsequently they haven't been getting the access to the phone and all the vital information that it has that could possibly, you know, put that case through the, like, into a new, whole new level. Um, so that's what backdoor access is. So, so essentially the, the FBI is going to put, hopefully, mm -hmm. if they want to, if they gain access, mm -hmm. get into the phone, search for contacts and details and information that might lead them to somewhere else, right? The hope is that will lead them to other terrorists, right? And subsequently down the route, uh, they'll be able to prevent other terror attacks in the United States. Um, right. But the concern is that they'll abuse this power or the technology will get out to other individuals who will use it for yeah, more illicit so purposes. It could really easily become you know, a witch hunt where anyone that's really suspected of any kind of misdoing, um, they'll just unscrupulously gain access to their phone. Um, obviously, other like uh, ISIS or ISIL, as President Obama likes to call them, could gain access to this and use it. Or, you know, even a government, of uh, not necessarily, I didn't want to call them a rogue government because that's not true, but, you know, something like the Chinese, the Chinese government could gain access to it. Even in Canada, we've had stories of, you know, uh, companies in China trying to attempt to gain access to Blackberry's mm -hmm. servers uh, and to their devices. So there are a whole group of unscrupulous uh, individuals and organizations out there that could use this uh, technology to detriment of everyone else. So how does this impact Canada? If, if, if it goes to higher courts, Supreme mm. Court, Congress, how do you think Canada, maybe Blackberry with their devices, mm -hmm. what's, what's the impact here to us? It's so as we've seen in the past couple of years and Patrick, you know, he knows a lot about copyright um, and you know, Canada had one of the more reasonable copyright uh, set of laws in the world uh, prior to the fact that it, under pressure from the United States and from American companies, this country completely changed its copyright laws to be more in line with the kind of draconic ones that are in the United States. Um, so, you know, obviously we have a quite a different prime minister than uh, Stephen Harper, who was more obliged to kind of align Canada with the United States. Um, but the fact is, you know, as close allies, we'll likely see if something gets passed in the United States, it's very likely to see the same kind of set of laws being considered in Canada. It's also important to note that Canada is one of the U.S.'s closest kind of intelligence allies. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the uh, this kind of confederation of uh, intelligence agency it's something like I know seven, what you're talking about. It's like seven eyes or yeah, something yeah. like very it has, like, a, it has an ominous name. a very ominous name uh where 
um, you know, the documents that Edward Snowden leaked, they clearly detailed how closely Canada's uh, intelligence agency was working with the NSA, with the CIA. The CSIS? Yeah, CSIS to facilitate, to uh, spy on other countries that were part of this alliance. Um, So it's very worrisome, right, from uh, kind of a Canadian's perspective, if only because we're so close to the United States and kind of the pressure it can exert on us is very real. Well, it's interesting because these phones have become so so much part of us and mm-hmm. so personal yeah. with, you know, not just email and all that stuff, but especially with wearable devices, all our data, mm. uh, contacts, phone numbers, even pictures and stuff like that, time, time stamps, it basically follows us mm-hmm. wherever we go. Yeah, like it... Smartphones are deeply personal devices. Like, just think about a couple of months ago. Um, if I don't know if you guys remember, but there was that uh, intern who was about to work for Facebook, and he created some kind of plugin that uh, plotted each time that Facebook Messenger sent location data to Facebook, and it was very precise location uh, data. Right? Just imagine what governments or any kind of unscrupulous organization could use with that kind of data. Like they could really easily correlate it with other like data um, from you know other location uh, data from other phones to really just plot where everyone is at all times um, that's maybe you know becoming that's maybe a bit too uh, paranoid but um, as you allude to Ian the kind of implications are pretty grave interesting well we'll see what happens there it's yeah kind of, it's kind of scary but it's also uh, interesting to see what, what will happen and, mm-hmm. and the impacts of that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this could, it's something that could escalate really quickly. So, so Apple seems to be leading the charge mainly because of, of it, was, it was the one that was like there. an iPhone there. Yeah. But then Google also hopped on saying, yeah, like, here's five, five tweets. Same, same with saying, Twitter and, and yeah. Facebook as well. Yeah. So it, doesn't, it, it seems like everyone's following Apple to a certain extent mainly because it's it was them in in the limelight because it was their device. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Google would have done the same if it was an Android device, or do you think Apple would have followed Google and said? It's it's hard to say. You know, um, I think in some way it's a good thing that it happened to Apple because it is still to this day the most valuable company in the world. Right. Um, yeah, you, you know, w- whatever your opinion is on Apple devices. They obviously have, you know, they're top of mind when it comes to most people when they think of smartphones. Um, I'd like to, you know, my nature is generally to give, you know, people the benefit of doubt and everything I've read and kind of uh, Tim Cook and seen of his, you know, presentations and stuff and interviews, he seems um, more so than his predecessor kind of really open to kind of, if it makes sense to change strategy and be more open to embracing other things mm-hmm. so um, I'd like to believe that had this happened to Google you know obviously there's also a lot of shared interest like this has like potential crazy implications for all these tech companies right, right? like right. so this is one issue where it makes it makes complete business sense for them to stand in solidarity together. right so um I think Apple had this happen to Google first. They would have 
they would have seen what was clearly in the, uh, on the line for them and stepped in. Interestingly, you know, on the Canadian front, we got in touch with BlackBerry yesterday and asked them if they had any kind of statement on the issue yet, and they said no. Uh, obviously, you know, John said previous John Chen, excuse me, had previously kind of iterated his stance on backdoors, uh, saying that he was totally against it. Right. Um, so, even though you know, even BlackBerry um, kind of seen the foremost security uh, platform when it comes to smartphones is, uh, you know, they haven't said it yet, but clearly they they too. Uh, uh, probably uh, intend to stand in solidarity with Apple. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about Apple and TELUS. Mm-hmm. Some shifts happen. Some, Some shifts. deployment shifts. A massive shift. When I when I started MobileServe, one of the first people that I was inter- introduced to was a gentleman named Brent Johnson. Uh, that was about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at TELUS for a few months, I think, back then. Uh, and he worked his way up to be uh, VP of marketing over there. And he helped TELUS lead the way in regards to how they position themselves in, in the market. Smart guy, really friendly, MBA, really, really smart guy. He has left TELUS to get a job at Apple, mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me to go from a carrier to a, a device manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he'll do really well there because mm-hmm. not only does he really love Apple products, but I think with his enthusiasm, his business sense, um, and his marketing sense, he'll just help Apple elevate uh, their brand. Not that the brand needs more elevation here, mm-hmm. but I think he'll open avenues into education for them uh, in Canada, which I think is 100% missing. Uh, but I think the move that he made to say... I've done what I need to do at a carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I held the brand from marketing perspective, and then shift to the other side to the person mm-hmm. kind of leading the sales and a little bit of marketing as well at Apple. I think that's a that's a big shift away. Mm-hmm. So, what do you foresee his kind of day to day being? Just in- increasing sales for for mm-hmm. Apple, whether it's like I- iPhone devices within the carriers, mm-hmm. um, and just overall brand awareness, just like everybody at Apple. Mm-hmm. So he, he just has a really great pers- personality, mm-hmm. but to and he was really comfortable at Telus. Mm-hmm. You know, Telus is a good company; they have great benefits and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They actually treat their people really well. Uh, people who work there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is fascinating to me that he would leave such a, a a good company to go to work for Apple. How long was he at Telus for? Eight years. Eight years, wow. That's so a maybe he did everything you needed to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe he's ready for a change, a shift of some sort. Yeah. I think, you know, we obviously, uh, we went to Twitter Canada's office uh, this week, and we'll have a great interview there, hopefully this weekend. Uh, but we talked to Rory Kappern, who's the new head of Twitter Canada. Uh, he came from Google Canada. Right. And, you know, one of the questions you and I asked him was, like, why did you leave what is you know, for even if it was for a short moment, one of the most valuable companies in the world to go to a company where growth has stalled. There are all these lingering questions about what is Twitter 10 years in, they still haven't really figured out what Twitter is. Um, But I think, you know, same thing there, you know, Rory was ready for something new. Likewise, Brent, I think, you know, after eight years, uh, even if it's 
the greatest company in the world, you're probably ready for a change, right. just some new challenges. So, um, yeah. And especially with iPhone sales kind of flatlining, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see what's next for them too. Mm-hmm. Like how are they going to increase uh, market share in Canada, mm-hmm. which I think he could really help with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, I think, you know, Canada kind of brings its very specific issues right now with the Canadian dollar. You know, the iPhone just costs up up, up the wazoo. It's so much money. It's so much money. Oh up the wazoo. Yeah. That's a good phrase. I like yeah. that. Uh, keeping maybe, the that'll, maybe that'll be the name of the podcast. Up <laughs> the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's totally expensive. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why people won't upgrade their device. Because mm-hmm. it's too expensive. And also, yeah, I mean, we have to see, you know, with the iPhone 7 what it is i think apple even apple knows that it has to blow the success out of the water right right, right. so and, and with the 5se looming on the horizon too yes yes uh i got i got a, a report from jeff fan from scotia capital mm-hmm. this week and he said that um in his report he said that the market share in canada from a wireless perspective is going to tail off and it's going to slow this year because again people are not upgrading their device mm-hmm. um, because the penetration is about 80, 83% of Canadians have a smartphone right now or a wireless um, subscri- or subscribe to a wireless device um, on one of the carriers. So the remaining people are not either upgrading or not doing anything mm-hmm. because they don't feel the need to, to purchase. So the number of people looking to get a, a new smartphone or upgrade is very minimal. So that's what the carriers are, mm-hmm. are faced with this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always humorous to me whenever I do the Android distribution numbers and I find there's still people running uh, Froyo device, <laughs> right? Which is uh, how old now? Like, I, I don't even more know. Than, isn't it more than five years? Five years, yeah. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, something but, like that. Um, you know, just to kind of go back to Canadian specific issues, right? Obviously, with this kind of tacit agreement between the carriers in Canada not to compete on price, that kind of brings up its own other separate issue, which is you know, data plans are ridiculously expensive in this country. Um, you know, just we obviously broke the news that uh, all the carriers were going to basically get rid of their bring your own device uh, yeah. plans yep. uh, benefits simultaneously, and, and, and also increase rate plans by five bucks. Yeah. Um, so um, I think upgrading to a new device also for some people entails getting a significantly more expensive. Uh, Ray plan. Ray plan, right? Um, I know m- one of my friends, uh, he just broke his old like Lumia phone and to get a replacement, he had to go from a $55 plan to a $100 plan. So it made no sense to him, right? So um, that's, that's a big jump too. That's not yeah, like a, a small... That's that's a significant... Per year, that's a significant, huge jump, yeah. That's why the world needs someone like Sugar Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> Who is going through its own own mess right now with Rogers and Bell. So this is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us on Syrupcast episode 59. We'll bring you more information straight from Mobile Congress. Thanks so much for tuning in. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.